So tonight, I'm we're back in the UK and uh, well, sorry, in England, and we're talking to um, Cherry. So this is uh, podcast twenty six of hoarding stuff or mm -hmm. hoarding stuff, um, depending which way you look at that. And we're talking to Cherry Rudge from Rainbow Red, who is going to talk to Dave and I about hoarding and ADHD and where the crossover is between um, those two issues. Um, so yes, Cherry. Hello. Hi there. Hi, David. Thank hello. You for, for letting me on. Hello, hello, hello. So, um, well, what would you like to know about ADHD? What, what do you already well, what, know? What, what's the basic definition of ADHD for a start? Well, now bear in mind that I'm not a medical professional. So mm -hmm. I'm just somebody who's worked in the same field as Heather for just a little bit less than Heather. So since about 2010. And it's, it's something, ADHD is something that I was aware of before I started doing this job. But then it, it kind of, I recognised the symptoms in a lot of the clients that I had. And the more that you know, the more you want to learn about it. Um, and it's it's kind of snowballed, really. Um, I went to an ADHD support group to see if it was suitable for me to refer my clients to. And I think there's a lot of actually professional organisers who probably have ADHD, which is why helping people with the types of difficulties with organising their homes um, really yeah. resonates with a lot of us. And... I could definitely relate to some of the experiences that the, the members of the support group were experiencing. And the lady in charge said, we need to get you tested. So I went privately and I got my diagnosis about two years ago now, maybe wow. three years ago now, something like that. And it actually explains an awful lot. When mm. you kind of look back at someone's life and what mm. they've done, you go, yeah, there's the signs, there's the symptoms. So even from birth, I mean, it's it's def it's generally considered to be a genetic condition. It's it's called a neurodevelopmental condition. So mm. it's 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 probably inherited from family members, which is why there's usually some sort of connection with a family member who might have clutter or disorganisation or hoarding behaviours, for example. So a person might have grown up in that environment and and may not necessarily have the best role models, for example be organized or make decisions about what to get rid of and when to get rid of it and all the rest of it um it so is... what would you say are the, are the main the top symptoms if you had to put it into short sort of like you know like a diagnosis of of, of, of a, mm. a condition what would be the bullet points of that well what a lot of people think about is the the boys that are bouncing off the wall kind of ADHD, mm. the ones that are inattentive, fidget and, and can't sit still and all the rest of it. What they forget about is that it is a lifelong condition and it affects about, or anywhere between what they say, something like 5 and 11% of the population. And it's mm. considered to be a disability under the Equality Act. Um, so you've got that, that impulsivity and hyperactive type. You've got inattentive or distractible, or you've got combined. Mm. And as I say, it has to be from birth. So usually they like to have some sort of input 
the, the doctors who do the, the assessments. You know, it helps to have a copy of your your, your um, school reports, for example. So in my case, mine said it tries hard, works slowly, gets bewildered by problems, more planning needed. And these are very definitely symptoms of ADHD. Um, you would probably expect a child, for example, to be very fidgety in class, um, foot tapping, clicking pens, doodling, that sort of thing. Um, they may not put their clothes away. Their bedrooms might be really untidy. They might hand in their homework late, for example, or, or lose their kit, for example. Um, they may prefer physical activities to academia, so they'd rather do sports or something practical with their hands. Um, they might struggle with academia, but a lot don't, and a lot of GPs don't understand that. If you go and say, I'd like to get assessed for ADHD, please, and they'll find out that you've got a degree in this, that, and the other, or umpteen A-levels or something, they'll go, oh, no, you haven't got it. You're too intelligent for that. And it's completely mm. unrelated to your intelligence. But that's Absolutely. something that that's something that happens with, I, I, I think, and it's happened to me kind of thing in, in a sense, with any kind of mental health condition that you might have. Right, they go, you're too eloquent to have a mental health issue. There's, there's nothing wrong with you. You, yeah. can, you, can, you can string a sentence together. Oh, it can't be that you, you've got any kind of uh, mental health issues at all. Yeah. And there's a kind of pattern of, well, you could tell me if I'm wrong or not, but not understanding that there are different levels of neurodiversity. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, it's a damning indictment, really, to the sort of prejudged ideas that people don't even realise. They've just mm. let you know that they've got by saying, oh, you're too eloquent, you're too intelligent, you're too whatever, to, mm -hmm. to have this or that condition. Because yeah. that means that they've obviously decided there is a type. Mm -hmm. um, and so they will be looking for that type. So they won't be listening to what you're saying because they've already you know, excluded you from... Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the trouble is at school, a lot of teachers won't understand it. Mm. it. It may not be picked up because it's not understood or it's ignored, so there's that lack mm. of awareness. There's also cultural stigmas as well. So there's a lot of kids out there, maybe from Asian backgrounds or whatever it might be, that the families just don't accept that there is something like ADHD and they don't like labels, for example, so they won't progress it. Um, or in some cases, people don't want their kids labeled because they want to get them into a certain school, for example. And that's not just about ADHD. That's almost with anything. Um, I wonder if, if some of those families, because you're saying that it, it's uh, inherited, um, yeah. some of those oh, families yeah. feel a sense of guilt which they obviously shouldn't feel, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that they feel, oh, we've, we've done something wrong and we're not going to admit to that because if we admit to that, then we're going to have to admit to there being a fault in our family or in our child. And Yes, and, that's and it's a not a fault. Thing. That's the trouble. It's not. Of course it isn't. No, but then, no. but then that, that lack of um, understanding all the way through, which, you know, at least if it was in school, at least in school, they might get some help, but mm. then it goes down the punishment route. Then people are punished. There you mm. go. Yeah, yeah. They, they're treated as these, in, these and uh, you know that these these lack of ability to do certain mm. things are just always classified as being a choice. Yeah, so it's, so it's they're treated as misbehaving or stupid, 
um, yeah. and they might be bullied as mm -hmm. well. They're picked on for being different. And so what happens? You end up with low self-esteem, lack of confidence. If you haven't got a teacher that understands or isn't stimulating enough, and that's the key word for ADHD is stimulating. It's right. because we have a lack of dopamine in our brains, which is a neurotransmitter, mm. and we crave rewards. So we crave gratification. So whether that might be eating, drinking, it could be drugs, it could be sex, drugs, rock and roll, all sorts of different things, acquiring things, getting bargains, doing extreme sports, mm. all sorts of different things. Um, the problem is that because there's a genetic link, there's an increased risk. Of, and, and you have to understand that it's all about impaired executive functioning. So if you right. can understand that executive functioning is about planning, organizing, making decisions, multitasking, mm -hmm. um, uh, impulsivity, it's that inhibition. So to stop yourself from doing something is a problem. And, and um, time gauging. emotional regulation, pardon? Time gauging, you know, time management. Time management, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the emotional regulation. So often people with ADHD will have uh, relationship problems. They might come mm -hmm. from a broken home, for example, which again, if you want to keep life simple, you don't go and get a divorce. And if you then have a child that goes from one parent to the other every few days, their brains are just, you know, which are already a bit mushy anyway, it's all a bit too much. And it can be, you know, very stressful. You can end up with a child with anxiety, uh, depression, self-harming. And again, because it's considered by often people who don't understand the condition to be mental illness, mm. they don't actually get the diagnosis. And I mean, years ago, I, I created something called the hoarding icebreaker form. Um, mm. Because a lot of people that I was going to, I was taking bags and bags of medication out of people's homes. So it would be mainly things like antidepressants, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication. And there had to be a root cause for that. And the root cause probably was that it was just a sticking plaster over yeah. the problem. The problem was that they needed help and support, so body doubling. So having somebody there to give them practical help and support, because we weren't all knowing how to wash up. And if you haven't had a good role model, or if you've had, if you've, if you've got PTSD, which is really common, um, then all these things can and be very confusing. And the other thing to, to bear in mind is that a lot of people have multiple neurodevelopmental conditions. It's not just ADHD. Mm. They reckon that um, certainly in our support group, we've got over 50%, and they say it can be up to 80% of people might also have things like autism, dyslexia, dyspraxia, which is also called developmental coordination disorder. Um, they reckon that about 11% of people with dyscalculia have ADHD, so when they have difficulty with numbers. And that's certainly a problem for me. And a lot mm. of other people with ADHD struggle with managing their finances, for example, or me and spreadsheets aren't great, for example, especially if I'm tired. If, it, if mm. I'm trying to work on something and I'm 
hyper-focusing, which is something, you know, we talked about the inattentiveness, but there's also the ability to mega hyper-focus. But you're not thinking straight often when you're hyper-focusing for a long, long period because it takes a lot of energy. It's very tiring, um, I imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you think about, you know, insomnia, another thing that with ADHD a lot of people don't realise is that our brains are wired in a way that affects our um, our sleep patterns. Mm. So if you think about things like, um, you know, our... our um, it, let, me, let me ask you this question, Heather. What's the earliest you've ever been to a client in the oh, day? No, I never time? go before 10 o'clock. Okay. Ten o'clock's my earliest, absolutely. And, okay. and and that usually people ask for afternoon appointments. Okay. And have you ever worked out why that might be? Well, yeah, because they don't they say I'm not a morning person because they're nocturnal. Yeah. Yeah. I find that so, I'm I'm very difficult to, to get started. And it's been quite odd with college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I stumble yeah. out of the house like a zombie and then I'm on the bus and I start to come alive part way through the buzz ride and then I yeah. get in there, have a coffee. But I'd imagine that's the same for a lot of people that have ADHD and that the, 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 their body clocks well, our, are... Our circadian rhythms are about an hour and a half behind other people's. Right, right. So I asked that question to Sorry for Our Rescue Service when I was delivering training last year and they went, oh, rarely before one o'clock, to do mm -hmm. a safe and well visit, mm -hmm. rarely before one o'clock. And when I explained the neurodevelopmental connection they went that explains it all that explains so much and it does it absolutely does but our brains are wired so that you know if you've got anxiety thrown in there and you're not sleeping very well if you only have yeah. a few hours sleep then that affects your executive functioning again so that rhythm makes a difference to what you can do in terms of work mm. because yeah, yeah. work essentially for a lot of people is still that bizarre oh, the world's changed to the 21st century it's still that nine to five ish thing that the the, the <laughs> people that come out with that uh, who was it that went on about was it george osborne that went on about the people having their curtains closed you know um, oh i've got I'll, I'll come back let's come back to the curtains bit yeah mm. but the, the, it's interesting from the point of view of what you've said there about executive function um choosing being one of the, the the issues with ADHD, which is mm -hmm. over the board, I think for people that uh, I'm not going to use the word hoard because apparently it's a naughty word. I'm going to I'm going to use the word I don't know. I'm a hoarder. I'm a twisted stuff hoarder. It's it's about um, I was being so witty there that I've thrown myself off. You've forgotten what you were going to say. Acquiring. We didn't talk about Acquiring. impaired working yeah. memory. Uh, yeah, hey. That's one of the executive functions is working memory. What are we doing? Mind, mind shot to pieces. <laughs> so if you forget in mid-sentence what you're talking about, I had to go. do. I had to do a radio thing, a music show, and it's not my thing at all for the course I'm doing. And part way through, I went, hi, my name's <laughs> Dave Woods. <laughs> it was like, it sounded like, I'm, I'm, I was like learning it for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because you were hyper-focusing on other things. That's right, yeah. yeah. But Possibly. So, so you're going to ask about acquiring, Dave? Acquiring, yeah. We were going to tie it into acquiring because 
unfortunately this is a podcast about boarding and that, and yeah and I, I would have gone with creativity from ADHD, but it's not my podcast, so I can't do that. But how... and it is called hoarding stuff. It is called so hoarding stuff. There is a bit of a stuff. confusing. But yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But how would you say yourself personally? How do you see uh, the issues there, and, and what can be done to to make it uh, solutions? Really, I guess rather than than well, not. Bear in mind that ADHD is all about a chemical imbalance. Mm. So we don't have enough of the of the neurotransmitter dopamine. Okay, so it's it's all about stimulation. So that's you know about arousing interest, enthusiasm, excitement, etc. Mm. And if you also consider that acquiring things whether that be buying them or stealing them or having them given to you or anything like that, it, it can make you feel special. Um, mm. The colours, the, the, the shapes, the bargains, like a charity shop. Let's talk about a charity shop. They're usually run by friendly people, so they're safe for people. They're colourful, they're bargains, and you come away and you feel great because you've got a real bargain. And you never know what you're going to find there, do you? There's always that element of delight and surprise and treasure finding and things Another element, isn't there? Because you've not just got a bargain, you've also helped somebody, hopefully. Absolutely. So that's that double whammy. Yeah. Mm. So you get that boost. The trouble is that our body gets bored with this and we need more stimulation. Mm. And that's where it becomes really difficult to stop. So whether that's eating or drinking or drugs and sex and rock and roll or acquiring things. So you become addicted and you can't stop because you have that difficulty inhibiting yourself, stopping yourself from going into these places. And if you think about online shopping, for example, for someone who is um, hyper-focusing or let's say they're comfort shopping, Let's say they've had a bad day and they can shop anytime they like, day, mm. night. And bear in mind that, you know, they're night aisles. They're probably up till two, three o'clock in the morning. There you go. They're not going to have any problems. They don't have to go out. If they've got, let's say, autism or dyspraxia as well, for example, it means that they don't have to interact with humans because humans can be hard work. They don't have to go through all the sensory difficulties of getting there. So when I say talk about sensory difficulties, I think that's a really important one. So you talked about having the curtains pulled, David. What mm. made you say about the curtains? It was because it's this idea. About, it was about work, right? And this idea that anybody that has their curtains drawn to a certain time, 11 or 12, say, uh, they're lazy skivers and scroungers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for for the people that were in power at the time, probably in power now, that is a kind of a definition of somebody who isn't who isn't productive. They're oh, not yeah, productive you know. members of society, and 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 they should feel bad about it. In fact, <laughs> somebody should go around to their house every day and knock on their door and make sure that they feel bad and guilty. That's, that's quite a good job, actually. I might, I might suggest that. Well, yeah. Hello. It's you the, you know, have having, your curtains drawn. 
Yeah, and, and we need you in the office. We need the bums on seats, don't we? Yes, Otherwise, yes, we, yeah, we can't yeah. tell what you're doing. And yet, yeah, yeah. you know, there's so much evidence to show that if you're working from home, you can be more productive. And yeah. you don't waste it's all that time polluting like, the environment thing. getting to work. Yeah. It's a weird thing because the, the, the definition that you've given of somebody with ADHD fits with their definition of somebody who's a skydiver. Right. And not understanding that that that's that's not the case. I keep saying it's the 21st century, isn't it? It is the 21st century, isn't it? It is. We are we have arrived. Or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, so bear second. in mind that with ADHD, it's we're very much a, a visually stimulated bunch. Right. So that's where you know the bright, colourful, shiny comes in. Um it's also can be very distracting. So even with body doubling, you know, having somebody there is is stimulating. Mm. They don't actually have to say anything, but it can be stimulating. I've literally sat on my hands and bitten my tongue mm. whilst a client was sorting through um, receipts, you know, little mm. paper receipts that you get me by some, and these things are built up and built up and built, but she had to go through and check every single one. I think we were there for 40 minutes and we both nearly collapsed at the end of it because she was exhausted. Mm. But she mm. just couldn't do it without somebody there. And that's the power of body doubling. Mm. And for someone, for, for ADHD, it's why in the, the support group, which I'm a trustee of, by the way, so I keep going on about it, um, we tell everybody to take somebody with them when they go to an appointment because not only do you have someone there to kind of give you a bit of a boost and, and make you feel a bit better about being there, but also somebody to take notes. If you forget what you're supposed to be saying, they can remind you. And you have someone to sort of debrief with afterwards as well, because your interpretation of what's been said might be completely different to theirs, for example, especially if they've got multiple neurodevelopmental conditions. So the complexity is increased hugely the more of these conditions you have because you've probably also got PTSD anxiety and depression as well it's difficult enough with with language as it is whether you've got yeah. ADHD or any other mm. kind of uh, issue because language yeah. is a, it's a slippery old fish isn't it you know you might yeah. have one definition and the person you're talking to has a completely different one and then you're at loggerheads yeah. with each other you know? yeah so, I'm glad you absolutely. explained the body double bit because um, being as I've done some acting in the past, and I thought that the body double was somebody that stepped in for you if you haven't got uh, <laughs> the of moments in the film, um, to to so you wouldn't have to. You know, if I was in a romantic scene, you wouldn't want to be looking at this. You'd be thinking, "Oh God, that's disgusting." So you get body double. Oh, you doubling. say that, but oh no, I'm, I promise you, you don't want to see. <laughs> I promise you, it's Halloween coming up soon, and I wouldn't need a costume. To be fair, you know, like, I just go out naked. Oh, David, bless you, bless you. But yeah, body doubling is so valuable, and and that's why support groups are so valuable because you've got they you are, know, they you, are you, you guys, like that, aren't they? Because very much so. It, I mean, this conversation came up in our support group, and this is where it stemmed from last time. Mm. One of the ladies in the group said, "You might have noticed that when I'm on on because it's online the support group. So when I'm." In the group, I'm always she's mutes herself, but she's always doing something. She's mm. always moving around, eating, mm. making you know. 
And she said, yeah. the reason I do that... In the kitchen at parties, yes. I can, because you're... And I'm listening to you, so <laughs> my brain isn't going, oh, you're going to make some dinner. Oh, well, what are you going to have then? What are you going to choose? How are you going to do it? Are you going to cook it yourself? You... She said, actually, my brain's taken up with listening to what's being said in the group, which allows <laughs> me to get on with stuff. Absolutely. Which I thought was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. We, so we lock something because that used to be what people used to do. They'd, yeah. they'd gather together and they would do stuff. Not necessarily the same stuff. You might yeah. do a bit of knitting or, I don't know, crochet or uh, mm. I, I can't even think of anything else. But you would do it and it would be accepted that you would be doing that. And now we seem to be so isolated from each other that, that you have to go to somewhere else to do that now, I guess. I don't know. Well, but also but it depends whether it's an empathetic group or not doesn't it yeah, really yeah, that's true yeah. and so that's the beauty of a hoarding support group from. or an adhd support group you've got people who have had similar experiences and you're not scared to talk about these things because what's talked about there stays there and in our case we have a, a very active whatsapp group as well where if you're having a hard time or if you if you if you need something, you just reach out, you know, and someone will go, I'll help you. Um, somebody's got knowledge there that's going to help. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's all encouraging. The groups are great, I think, though, mm. the one that we've got is because they, they feed into each other, the WhatsApp and the online yeah. group. But Absolutely. Just, mar- but I think this 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 thing as well of body doubling is is really important to be understood by helpers or support workers or people that come in to help you because the first thing they want to do is solve they want to get stuck in they want to get their art their sleeves rolled up and they want to solve and to understand that just your presence without any solutions without any input just a bit of conversation maybe making a cup of tea depends Mm. that's all you've got to do and that is action Mm. And, and i think you know sort of Allowing people to understand that when they work inside somebody else's home is really important mm. because mm. otherwise they will uh, upset the apple cart by being too enthusiastic about what they want to do rather than what mm-hmm. they're, you know what yeah. the person they're helping wants to yeah. do. And and one of the difficulties with ADHD and 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 the other neurodevelopmental conditions is that when someone's neurodivergent. They know what needs to be done. They just can't do it. Mm, mm. That's where the body doubling comes in. It's somebody who's not going to be judgmental and it's going to be gentle. And it may mean that they can do the lifting and shifting because the chances are somebody has got some sort of chronic health condition or, you know, an elderly person can't do it. They can't physically do it. And so you've got somebody who's going to be able to do that for them. And and it's their energy that really feeds into the person that's needing the help and support. The difficulty Perfect. arises, it can be a slow process yeah. and that's expensive. And that's where local authorities and what have you don't oh, get it. They it. don't like, they, they want that quick fix. And yeah. the trouble is the more complex the situation if you throw, you know, adverse childhood experiences and trauma into the mix, you've got a lot of complexity going on and a lot of confusion there and misinterpreting. And yeah, that's when the situation needs really careful 
really, really supportive rather mm. than judgmental. And punitive, you know, res- which, yeah, is, which is solutions. what it ends up being, isn't it? And when so people- if you were to do a forced clearance, for example, for someone with uh, a poor working memory who's got things just so, somebody goes in there and just, you've only got to move one thing, and their mm. world's fallen apart. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you did that to somebody who was visually impared... Yes. Uh, then, then you would know it was dangerous to do, yeah. Well, you would, you would not only know it was dangerous to do, but people would look askance at you. Absolutely. You'd be a villain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and the trouble is a lot of people are, if you like, visually impaired. They might yeah. have something like um, Erlen syndrome. And bear in mind that, you know, for us, it's out of sight or out of mind. And going back to what you were saying about the, the curtains, mm. um, the distractions, if you have your curtains open, you've got mm. a lot of distractions. You've also potentially got people looking in at all your stuff, which, you know, if you feel stigmatised and embarrassed, then you probably may not want to see people to see in. But also, it's the light. So a lot of people, um, especially if they have perhaps autism as well, for example, um, they will self-neglect because they don't want to have to go to the doctor or to the dentist or to the um, optician because it means they've got to get there. So that's the sensory difficulties or the difficulties with reading maps or going on buses or being around people that they don't know. And then yeah. there's that tactile thing. It's, you know, you're going to be touched by people. You're not necessarily going to understand. And if you had somebody with you to support you, then it's going to be a lot easier. Certainly, at least if you had someone with you the first time or the second time, then it might feel a lot safer to go by yourself. But I've worked with clients who are self-neglected for years. Um, we've done, you know, video chats um, sessions and can hardly see them because the only light that they've got is coming from their computer or their television because the light in the room is too bright and yet we'll and and they'll buy sunglasses to wear indoors because it's all too bright instead of going getting their eyes tested because they haven't had it done for 20 odd years probably wow right well, that's those great. Are going to change, aren't they, over time? Maybe that, yeah, that, you know. that's lots of useful info there. So in so, summation then, what would you like to, you know, in a perfect world, what do you think would help a lot of people with ADHD? Um, you know, what what is the message you'd like to get out? I think have a much better understanding of neurodiversity in general because it's not just about one condition, it's about all sorts of things. I think it all has to be trauma-informed as well, because for some people, even small things are traumatic. And also, it doesn't help when you get a lot of change within services. So you might get used to one person, so let's say a social worker or support worker, and then they'll move on and then you have to start all over again. And you have to start trusting them all over again. And that can be really difficult. Mm. Um, I think GPs need to understand neurodiversity a lot better. There's things like that go with it that they wouldn't even have a clue. I went to the doctor this morning. And it was a student that I saw. And I asked how much you get taught about ADHD. 
And she didn't really have that much idea. She talked about mental illness, but you know, even things like if you're working in in a um, with people who are pregnant, you know, mm. hyper hypermobility is a big thing. For example, that's another part of neurodiversity, which a lot of people wouldn't even have a clue about. Mm. You know, it's it's lots of sensory things going on as well. So I think. Yeah, a lot, lot more education. So education. Needs to be done. And you know, there's there's been research that proves that there is a connection with ADHD and hoarding behaviors. It mm. came out earlier this year. So there's a professor, Sharon Morin, at um the Anglia Ruskin University in Yeah, she in did Facebook. um she did some she did a talk for our support group last year. Oh, brilliant. Last year. Yes, oh. I'm in touch with her. She's um She's interesting. We've we've done. I've done two talks. She's done two talks for the for the. Can we get her then? Can we get her on? Can we get her? Get Sharon. Yeah, on? why not? Get her, get her on. So they they had an ADHD. Some people from an ADHD clinic. Um, mm. they had a, a what they described as a closely matched group, without an ADHD diagnosis, and then they had like two hundred and something adults across the UK doing it online. And they asked them all the same sorts of questions. So about ADHD type symptoms and impulsivity and levels of hoarding and clutter. And they talked about obsessive compulsive severity and perfectionism and depression, anxiety and everyday function. Um, and it was you know, clear from the results that the majority of people from the ADHD group apparently had clinically significant hoarding symptoms. Um, and I think a lot of difficulties arise is the, the labeling people don't like to be labeled and also they feel it's a, a failure to to have medication whereas actually medication can really really beneficial uh, it can help people think clearly it can help well it certainly helped with my emotional regulation for example and i think the worst thing is when you when things are going wrong that's when the ADHD symptoms really, really start to to, fo- to, to, to become a lot clearer. So it, it's not as though you're going to ask for the washing machine to, to go wrong and, you know, to go down with COVID and to have your, a, a family member pass away at the same time and your, your dog happen, has to go to the vet. Yeah, but to have all of those things happen at once and maybe your marriage is failing or your kids are failing at school or something like that. All of those things, when they happen together, that's when it's a, a cocktail of disaster. Perfect storm, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So before yeah, we absolutely. go away, I'd like to ask one final thing. I'm going to throw you under the bus a bit, Sherry. <laughs> I would like you to beep, beep, beep. I've started, so I'll finish. I would <laughs> like you to. I would like you to give me three positives for being a person with ADHD. Just the three. Just three. Well, if yeah. I was to name you all the different people that are famous who have ADHD, you've got the Will I Ams, you've oh, got yeah. the Ant from Ant and Deck, you've got Rory Bremner, Rory Bremner, you've got uh, Simone Biles, the gymnast, you've got Michael Phelps, you know, uh, Olympians. What would you say are, are, the, are the positive aspects that they that they've they taken from that? I presume Will I Am is a, is a uh, creativity. Zombie. Creativity, yeah. So if yeah. you think about, for example, the 
the expressiveness, the entrepreneurial. Mm. So you've got people like I don't know, Dave Grohl from Nirvana stroke the Foo Fighters, so yep. incredibly creative. And mm. and that's that's the whole point of, of neurodiversity is we are a creative bunch. We express ourselves in a different way. We might forget what we're talking about in mid-sentence, but oh. we do express ourselves in a very creative way. So, you know, a lot of the the artists from yesteryear, they say that, you know, someone like Leonardo da Vinci might have had ADHD. And you know, you've got Richard Branson, who doesn't have mm. a diagnosis. He's actually got a diagnosis of dyslexia. dyslexia. Yeah, he thinks got he's got ADHD. Right. So there's right. an awful lot of people in the in the theatre, for example, it's full of people who are neurodiverse. You've only got to look at some of the people on the television, not just Rory Bremner, but if you were to look at some of the other actors and, and comedians, it's it's rife. You I, wouldn't I television in the same way without ADHD. I wonder how many scientists are as well, and how many. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, for me, for for my lovely new apprentice, when she said she'd just been recently diagnosed, for me that was a skill. I was really pleased yeah. that yeah. you know because I knew that she because she was she's young and she's done a lot of sort of learning about it as well. That I think that's the difference. Perhaps is when you know that those are the things that are causing you issues you can then learn how you can counter those issues. Whereas mm. if you feel that you're just in some sort of, you know, like bubbling sea when, and with loads of fishies around you and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn to, then that's frightening. But if you realise that that sea of fishies is actually ADHD's, um, like, differences affecting you, then I think you find ways of countering. And that's exactly what... Well, I'm, I'm going to go away now and I'm going to uh, start writing from this conversation a small children's book called Nero Diversity Saves the World. Ooh. Ooh. Nero Diversity. Nero Diversity. Fiddled while, while Rome burnt. Yeah. Can I have a signed yeah. copy, please, David? Uh, no, because it will never happen. Um, <laughs> yes, it will. You you've done your double and accountability partner. You've done I've, some books, Dave. You've I've done, done one book. book. One book. It's not. And one loads book of stories. One book does not a library make. <laughs> yeah, but it starts a library, doesn't it? Anyway, this is yeah. this is how we we like door. What was it? Doorknob holding when you just can't. Finish. Yeah, we're not leaving. We're not so, going. We are going. We are going. Thank you very much, Cherry, for your my pleasure. Thank you for ADHD giving me the opportunity. And yeah. um, and as David says, if you if you do listen to this and you like the information, or you want to know a bit more, or you've got any ideas of people that you'd like us to talk to, then please do get in touch. Don't stay silent. Who was that um, person again that we talked about just now? I said, no, no. What was her name? <laughs> I can't remember. Can you remember? Karen Moraine. Yes, I can. There you go. She may be appearing. She lucky. may be appearing on this podcast as we, well, yeah. soon. But Yay. yes, so thank you very much and um, have a nice weekend. Mm. Cheers, Heather. Thanks, David.